I went all the way to Risa and all I got was this t-shirt. <laughs> That's how I feel about uh, this episode. Welcome back. This is Star Trek Jojurations. Uh, I am, of course, one of your delightful hosts, Jack Tracy. As always, I am joined by... Hello, I'm Jean Farrick. I went to Risa and I came back with COVID. So that's how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, you are getting uh, your hosts in quite... You know, one, we were assaulted by the uh, horrible episode. And two, oh, Sean right. okay. was... was like, Where are you going with that sentence, oh, right, Jack? Right. I was like, what? It's, uh, okay. It's, it's... And then and Sean was assaulted with COVID. And I currently look like uh, when Harry Kim got slashed by 8472... Thanks to the sty in my eye from cleaning my uh, air vent this weekend, so we are we are incapacitated. Yeah, it, it's a bit like I think what's physically happened to us, but although I do have Phoebe Buffay's kind of sexy blocked nose voice, so enjoy that, everyone. Uh, but like, what uh, what is happening to this is we are physically manifesting the emotional impact of this episode. The emotional impact of this podcast i think by doing now seven reviewing these seven bad episodes it's actually starting to take a physiological toll yeah can we do like best of both worlds next or something <laughs> right um uh <laughs> bad star trek gave us covid <laughs> yeah oh my oh my god that has to be on a t-shirt <laughs> well as as our subscribers and listeners well known by now we make a custom shirt for every single episode option only available for a limited time. I assume the Subrosa shirt's already gone, the Shore Leave shirt's already gone, uh, but you can probably still get a hold of our, uh, maybe our Move Along Home shirt, maybe our, what else have we done? We did something uh, we've else. We've done... Favorite uh, Son. Favorite Son, yeah. We did right. these Voyages. That um, might be gone, because that was a little while ago. But yeah, there's probably still shirts available, and we will have a shirt for this episode. Will it be? I, I, went, I went all the way to where I said all I got was COVID. Or uh, uh, something else hysterical and mildly sexual that we end up coming up with in the middle of this podcast. Who can say? Who's who's, who's to say? Who's to, who's to say? Mildly sexual. As if anything's mildly sexual about this podcast. I have been, in. I have to tell you, Sean, in editing this podcast, I'm like... Wow, these two are horny. Like we, <laughs> oh, so many of our jokes, so many of our zings, they're all there's there's one I forget which one it is. But there's one episode in particular. Maybe it's Subrosa because of the subject matter where it was just like this is just a podcast of sexual tension. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, kind of like that we're using Star Trek as a framing device. To, <laughs> oh my god. Right. Jack, I've just realized we are living out the fantasies of the writers of season one of The Next Generation. That's right. Um, you know, before we really get into it, now that we've plugged our merch, we should mm -hmm. also plug the opera. Fans may have the opportunity to meet the both of us in person. And can you tell them why that is? Because, um, now, I, I promised in advance not to give you COVID, so, you know, kind of, that's that's fine. Um, there is the wonderful Star Trek Las Vegas is coming up in August, which I believe is the 25th to the 28th of August. Yep. Um, oddly enough, in Las Vegas, you know, the name, not a lie. Both of us will be in attendance. Yes, we will. It will be our first time meeting in person ever, which is great. Oh, yeah. Please come up and say hello, because we may hate each other. It That's could right. be the most awkward three days ever. That sexual tension could just become right. tension. Tension. And if Sean has, if you walk up to us and Sean mysteriously has pink eye, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, or, 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 or sorry, I thought we were calling that a sty. It is. <laughs> it is a sty, but pink eye is, is funnier. Um, I thought of one the other, I was like, it looks like I... It looks like I butterfly kissed an asshole. <laughs> How, what? I, I know what all of those words mean, but in that context, I'm a bit confused. Butterfly kissed a... So, do you know what? No, no. Like I'm happy I took you're not my right. eyelids and I fluttered them. Yeah. At something that gave me pink eye. It's not pink eye, it's a sty. I can flip my eyelid and show you. But uh, anyway, enough about horrible um, medical journeys and uh, our... Mutual incapacitation. And let's talk to 
let's talk about two. Let's talk about this horrible, horrible episode. Sean, I think this is the second worst one we've done. It's it's definitely down there. Um, Be- it's yeah. it, it's one of those ones where I I do have parts of it that you can lift out to then make the skeleton of an actual story, but right. it's just nothing really. It's such a nothing episode. It's such a nothing episode, and then there it just does. Anyway, we'll get into it, right. but this was this was actually. Like, if I'm doing... Put it this way. If I'm doing a rewatch of Deep Space Nine, I generally skip this episode. Yeah. And it's just... It's a hard... It, this one's a hard watch. Like, it's hard to... Like, I was looking at my watch the whole time. Like, is this almost yeah. done? Also, uh, I think for any of you who maybe are diving into a series that maybe you haven't seen in a while or, you know, are experiencing a new Star Trek series... You, you came into the franchise in a different series and you're going back or you're going forward... Um, a good telltale sign of a must-skip-this-episode is if the B-plot is about the weather. <laughs> Whenever the B-plot is about the fucking weather, we're done. Like, just just move along home. <laughs> Even move along home. I, I never thought I'd say these words. It's a more engaging episode. Move along home, start, as we talked about in the episode, started strong. This mm. went... Started nowhere, went nowhere, um, because, you know, it evokes, you want it to be like Captain's Holiday, because that was the other Risa episode, which is a very good episode. You want it to be, well, and and as, you know, they talk about behind the scenes, you know, they wanted it to be more of a um, a discussion of sexuality in Star Trek, and obviously the powers that be said, yeah, we're going to need you to not have any sexuality in this episode, please, thank you very much. So kind of ruin the episode on that front. But I would, you know, they may blame it on that, the people behind the scenes on this. I blame it on the fact that they really made Jazia and Worf's relationship look like something she needed rescued from. Yep. Worf does not come off well. I almost wonder, because Rene Aubergenois directed this episode, and I almost wonder, did, did he and Michael Dorn not get along? Like, I know Rene had some rumors of being difficult, and I wonder, like, because... I don't. I think Michael Dorn has checked out in this episode entirely. I think they forgot Worf was a Klingon in this episode. Uh, I think Worf spends most of this episode acting like a Vulcan, like a Vulcan, and like well, and, and then like huge controlling insecure prick. Mm. Um, but uh, the only thing, and we'll you know we'll do more of this when we get into the pro cons. I've got to you know summarize this episode quick. But the only thing I really liked about it from the Worf standpoint is when Jadzia says to him, "You're the only Klingon I know who doesn't act like a Klingon," and that is an interesting thing to explore. I think because Worf is this character who always is trying to be the best Klingon and be the example of Klingons in Starfleet and is so enamored with Klingon ritual. And then, you know, the the plight of Worf is that whenever he actually gets around actual Klingons, they're nothing like the ideal. And it's yeah. always this... And that's a great story point. And so I did like Jadzia sort of pointing that out of just like, yeah, I'm, you know, the reason that we sort of had our initial connection is because we're both so connected to Klingon culture, her by being Curzon, you know, him by being Worf. And, but she... Her love of Klingon culture is sort of the rowdiness and the, you know, all of the stuff that Worf turns his nose up at. So I thought that would have been something interesting to explore. Um, that was the only thing I liked about the Worf side of it. But we'll get more into pro and cons. It's just a quick summation of this nothing episode. And I can do it extremely quickly because nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, they are going on vacation to Risa, uh, Jadzia, and Worf. Um... I guess we find out that they named O'Brien's going to name his son Sean. There's a little, cute little conversation about that that goes nowhere and does nothing. Um, uh, they're hopping a runabout with uh, Bashir and Lita, who are, as we find out later, are going to Risa to um, to participate in like a Bajoran breakup ritual, which was interesting. It was kind of cute. It was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, 
you think they're going there to be all lovey-dovey, but they're actually going there to get each other out of their systems by um, each of them, you know, drawing up half the planet and you fuck this side, I'll fuck this side. Um, Which was interesting. Quark tags along because... Because? Yeah. He doesn't really do anything when he's there, but it's like, oh, I wouldn't let Lita off of work unless I could come too. Cool. Reason for him being there? Just to annoy Worf occasionally and have some I'm going to murder Quark vibes from Worf. That seems to be the only reason he was there. Uh, They get there. We get the absolutely delightful, wonderful, beautiful Vanessa Williams, whom is wasted in this part. She's a friend of Curzon who works, so she's an administrator on Risa or something. She's in charge of something. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, she just kind of mills around. She's really not part of the story at all. She's kind of like Jadzia's girl, best Judy, but, like, she, they don't really even have any true moments to get, like, maybe one or two conversations. But you don't actually get any relationship between the two of them. You find out that she she was, you know a pal of Curzon's in his debaucherous days on Risa. But that's it. That's all you get. Um, and basically the whole episode is Worf's a stick in the mud. Jadzia's not. Um, he's still upset. They're fighting over... What's that... What's the captain's name? Bodega? Captain Boday. Boday. Captain Boday, who we never see, who I always wanted to see because he has the transparent skull. Um, so she had lunch with him or something and didn't tell Worf. And that's the reason Worf's, like, extremely upset, because it dishonors him. Um, if you're going to make it about something, make it about something a bit bigger. Because the thing, that's the problem, is that the fight is so small, the, the what Jadzia, quote, did is so tiny that it def even if you put the gloss of, like, Klingon honor code on top of it, it still seems extremely petty and extremely small. Uh, yeah. And makes Worf look terrible. Um, yeah. which I, I mean, maybe was the point. Um, but yeah, so he's having a hard time. He doesn't want to be on Rice. He doesn't want to do any of this stuff. He finds all the sex and the whatever frivolous, which I mean, I remember him having sex with Kalar on the holodeck, uh, in some weird like ritual thing. Um, he's not, he's not ace. And you know, he's throwing Jadzia around a room, breaking her bones. We find out because... That's how they have sex. Um, so I don't know. It's just, I don't understand. Like, he's a prude, but he's not. But anyway, he hates Risa. He hates this. He doesn't want to be there. He's annoyed. They're still fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting. And then he stumbles upon a group of, um, I like, what? The Westboro Baptist Church of Risa? Like, I, I Basically, yeah, there's a uh, conservative... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Conserved Puritanical. Puritanical. So this Puritanical group that's like, if y'all don't stop fucking, we're all going to be killed by the Jem'Hadar. And uh, Worf's like, hmm, scene. I, I, I see you. And joins the terrorist group, hacks into the weather, which Ending is always... Ending his Starfleet career, right? Question mark? Yeah. Um... Right, hacks into a planetary planetary control system. Now, he just wants to, like, make it rain so people go home and no one ever comes back? Question mark? I... What's the plan here? Oh, no, it rained. It never rains, and it rained. Rice is over. Oh, so they were basically... They were basically hoping that the uh, that the occupants of and the, the the vacationers on Risa would treat Risa like homosexuals treat bars in Hell's Kitchen, New York, which is uh, this place is over. Uh, it had one bad night, and now no one's ever going to come again. Um, that is quite the colloquial reference. I will <laughs> I will give you that. Yeah, I'm just going to be like, mm, I assume what you said makes sense. <laughs> uh, this drag queen didn't do the numbers I like. This place is over. No one come back here. Oh, my um, God. Uh, so I don't know if that's what they thought, but then it turns out, of course, the religious, conservative, not religious, they just, they give that vibe. They give that they, religious yeah, yeah. vibe. But you know what I mean. These conservative puritanical zealots are like, no, we will now really 
turn the the weather up to 11 and then Worf's like stop it give me the machine and then he does and then it's over yeah and then they go on a walk on a beach did i miss anything and no one learns anything and there's no (laughs) consequences and we're sitting there going like right that's 45 minutes of my life i'm really not getting back right right I don't... Right. <laughs> there was so much fun. So so obviously the producers nixed the fun ideas, which were make it about sexuality, make it about, mm. you know, its place in the Federation, especially maybe in wartime. I actually thought there could have been an interesting thing about um, vacationing during a war. Or not... They weren't really... A, were they at War War yet? No, um, no, because... But it was even, tension. So we're, there was tension. This is before the Dominion War, but right. after the exposing of the Changeling Martok. So, but I think we had had, I think we had had the episode where Bashir and Jake uh, were involved in the Battle of Agion Prime, which is right. where it was basically, uh, although there was a truce between Starfleet and the Klingons, there was still a battle. You realize I'm talking about another episode, which is yep. far more interesting and far more exciting. And even, yes. God help me, a Jake episode. Yeah. God help me, a Jake episode. Oh, that reminds me. At some point, we're going to have to do the one where um, um, uh, the, 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 the MILF makes him a better writer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, who, muse, who And she's, uh, I forget the actress's name, but I remember her as Evil Lynn from the live action He-Man. Sure. Meg, Meg, Meg Foster. No, Meg, not Meg Foster. Meg, it's a Meg. Maybe it is Meg Foster. Meg. Anyway. Shut um, up, Meg. Back to, back, back to this, <laughs> back to this episode. Um, 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 yeah. I, so it could have been interesting about like, you know, whether it's a, you know, tensions are high and we just came off the Klingon thing. It could be some like, like, you know, the fact that life's a, you know, a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, mm. it's it's worthwhile to take time for yourself. And it could have been something about that. It could, it could have been a lot, but it ended up being nothing. And the biggest disservice being to amazing guest star Vanessa fucking Williams, who they waste. Even like that's, so that's funny where I was just, just while we were uh, prepping for this, we were looking on the wonderful resource that is Memory Alpha and I didn't realise this. So Vanessa Williams, basically, as soon as she said, I want the role, they scrambled over hot coals to make sure she got the role to the detriment of um, planned guest star Suan Braun. Now I was asking you, Jack, had you seen Stargate? And you said no. And I was like, I judge you completely. Um, so to the Stargate SG-1 fans out there, you would know Sue Ambron as Hathor, one of the, the queen of the Goa world. And she's pretty cool. And I mean, if this role was designed for, which I think it was, it was more of a, it's about the looks as opposed to the content of the role, as is evidenced by the script. Because as you say, quite correctly, Vanessa Williams totally wasted in this role. Like she's purely there to be eye candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, does a great job of it. Uh, I think, yes. Uh, I have a feeling that, yeah, They w- once they realized Vanessa Williams was cast, they were like, oh, whoops, we probably should have written a script for this character, right. um, which, is a, which is a shame. And there's also a massive piece of Dax's history mixed in with Arandus that's just sort of joked. Just kind of, right. I was like, oh, okay, that's actually kind of important. Right. I I would say... So I do remember watching this when it was on. And I remember not liking it. I was mm. still a child, so I don't really... But I remember... Uh, this is one I remember coming on. So at this time in Star Trek history, uh, at least over here, sort of the heyday of the next generation was over. And uh, Star Trek was on, you know, sort of it reached its peak. And it was actually very hard to find Deep Space Nine on television. I think they Mm. put it at 11 p.m. on Saturdays on Fox. What? So I had to have it. I either had to stay up, but I was a, you know, I was a 
kid who had other things to do on Saturday nights. So actually, I was usually working. So either I'd have to come home from work and stay up and watch it, or I'd have it taped. But it was on at a weird time. So like it was, I mean, and when I say taped, I mean VHS tapes set to record program at 11. Uh, and then I'd watch it the next day on VHS. That's how I watched most of the end of Deep Space Nine. It was like buried in the schedule. To the younger listeners out there, we'll explain what a VHS is later on. Right. Um, we're rifling one off. <laughs> oh, be my funny. God. It'd be funny if we afford if, one anymore. If we afford well, they stop making them. They don't make them anymore. Yeah. Um, the last VHS um, tape, actual, um, uh, I know this because I'm a bankruptcy lawyer in the, in the United States, but the last, um, the last one went bankrupt finally. They closed it. Uh, manufacturer of VHS tapes. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, we're going to wrap. Wouldn't that be funny if, like, you know what? I'm going to see. You know, uh, I have to see if I can put it in my luggage. Uh, but when I come to VH, uh, when I come to Vegas, I'm just going to walk around with a sack full of like bargain bin uh, uh, TNG and DS9 VHS episode tapes and just like hand them out to people. <laughs> Oh my god, people will be like, I don't know what you're giving me, but thank you very much. I'm giving you history. What is this brick? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hello, would you like to attack someone? Use this copy of Code of Honor. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, okay, so things I like, obviously things I don't like is um, the episode. The things I don't (laughs) like are... Other things I did like are, you know, I love having Vanessa Williams, so, like, let's give her a better role. I love having another episode on Risa, um, because we don't really use that planet that much, so I like visiting there. I like um, Bashir and Lita. I just think it's fun. It's just it's something... It, it was unexpected and, and could have been bigger and funnier. Uh, but that was cute. It was just cute. And... End of list? <laughs> End of Don't list. blame you. What about you, Sean? Do you memories of watching it and or pros cons? Um, well, I'm a lot younger than you, so I don't remember watching this first. Let's, I really must, I must really hammer home the point of how much younger than you I am. Let's lay off on the much. <laughs> uh, but actually, no, funnily enough, um, so it, it was a bit different over here. So it aired on a channel called Sky One mm-hmm. uh, on a Monday night here. And I have a perfect memory of, so this is like episode three or four of season five. I do remember when the pilot of season five aired because that's Apocalypse Rising. That's the one where they infiltrate the Klingon Empire. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, But uh, as it happened, we had family come over to stay that night and they interrupted my watching of the episode. And I've apparently Petty Sean has never forgotten that. Um, but I don't remember that he was without sin. So I do remember coming back to it and hearing what a bad episode it was. I was like, oh, okay, I must watch it. Oh, no, it's bad. Um, Is Petty and, Sean your mirror universe component? Uh, no, my mirror universe is a much better person than me. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's... So watch it this time around um, because I am the eternal optimist. There are bits in it that are... Decent, like it was clearly designed to be a zero stakes episode, and some of those can be good fun because you can get nice character moments in them. Um, I do think the Bashir and Lita thing, um, funny idea, not executed well. Mm. Um, like there are funny bits to it, sure. Uh, as you say, like the actual B- the Bajoran ritual, uh, there's a bit of crack behind that. Um, but then it just becomes like, right, so. Everyone is just dead horny, which fits the theme of Riza, but right. that's not a plot. Um, Quark gets a couple of one-liners, but otherwise there was no reason for Armageddon to be in this episode. Um, and as we've read on the, on Memory Beta, Nana was giving birth, um, and yeah, uh, Cirque was also uh, Cirque Lofton was also not in this episode. And then Renee was directing, and then everyone else was just like in the replimat in the very beginning, and that was it. That's it. Yeah, it's actually funny, right? Well, I mean, sorry, maybe funny is the wrong word, but yes, while Nana Visitor was off giving birth to his child, mm-hmm. Alexander Sadig was partying on Riza and shagging everything he could get his hands on. <laughs> um, but, um, sorry, things that I liked. Uh, parts of, like, I liked Worf's story about when he was growing up on the colony. What? Um, what? Yep, I, th- yep. I think I think it would have been fairly essential much earlier on 
in Worf's character, but... Yeah, like sometime during the seasons of Next Generation? Like season, like, two or three, like, early. Right, this I, to but me, I don't, the inclusion I don't begrudge of that... the existence... Oh. Yeah. No, go ahead, sorry. I'm, I'm... I was going to say, I, just, I don't begrudge the existence of this as a backstory. I do think it's silly to add it where they did, but it would explain why he's so not Klingon. But it's the... Yeah. It, it, for me, it's the... Um... It's the Spock sister of DS9. Like, it's like, by the way, did you know this thing happened? Or it's the, it's the mm-hmm. Picard's mom committed suicide of East Space Nine. Like, it's not that, you know, it's not that. But it's like, yeah, it's like, wait, we never learned this? And the way, like, okay, it's time to figure out why Worf's a dick. Why don't you sit down and have a four-minute monologue where the camera will just sit Slow, sit still and just stare at you while you deliver this extremely long and boring monotone monologue. Oh, I hated oh, this that, story. I hated it. Do you know, that's actually another thing. And with the greatest of respect to Renee, it's not an interesting episode to watch. Like, actually, mm. like, watching it, it feels more like a play, almost. Soap opera. Um, yeah. Yeah, just kind of, it feel, it, it's not one stationary camera, but it feels like it. Um... And that that hurts it. Now, sorry. What did I like about this episode? Um, bits of Vanessa Williams. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry. Phrasing, Sean. Um, <laughs> which which, as in which the, bits you know, of Vanessa Williams did you want to see more of? Um, uh, her hair was lovely. No, I mean, like, I like, but then about halfway through her character's arrival, she's just gone. I, I like, there's no point. And then what else? I would have liked to... Okay. I'm really struggling to find it. Do you know what I want? Actually, scrap the whole episode. Just give me a whole episode of Morn taking that officer on a date. The very first shot of the episode. What a strange... Just... Yeah. I like, love... Yeah, yeah. I want to I wanna see how he woos people. He's got He's got two stomachs. What else does he got two of? Well, that's apparently... Worf's apparently got two of those. Oh, yeah, but... I, I, I don't remember. Um... Like, I like that. If if you were to look at this as every single censorship barrier stood between this episode and the airing, which is pretty much what happened. Right. Some of the innuendo they managed to get in mm-hmm. is like, okay, a lot of it doesn't work because it's just too hamstrung by the censors. But the, um, like that opening conversation between Odo, Cisco, and Dax is... Fine. That's cute. I think that's really the best I can say about it. It's not great because, again, it could have gone further or it could have been a bit more suggestive. It's it At no point is it ever suggested that Worf is abusing her, not to make this very serious for a second, but because that's sort of the gag of Klingon relationships. And it, that's from TNG as well. It crosses over. Is that right. like, you know, oh, non-Klingon females are too fragile. Um, so it's never played as any kind of abuse or anything. But I'm wondering if maybe they could have played with that a little bit more. Something like, you know, Dax going like, yeah, I may be, I may be in pain, but, you know, so is he. You well, know, something like that. Or they could have tied it where, like, it's something Worf. Because they always play it as something like, like, haha, we have sex the right way. And I wondered yeah. if, if they made Worf more like apologetic and and to connect to this story about hurting the child like he does he he has deep um he is actually extremely concerned for the fact that he could hurt someone including Dax so if they, if they actually made it less titillating from Worf's side and that he he, he it actually brings him shame that this happens to her I wonder that could have been more interesting was he the template for Edward from Twilight that he was so scared that one thrust would shatter Bella like glass that, you know, they force themselves to wait until marriage. And that's that's clearly the theme behind the books and not, you know, how <clears throat> dare you dare you um, bring that f- stupid s- franchise into this Barkley Klingons. <laughs> and there's the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! <laughs> uh, okay, so we hate this. We really struggled to find something. Uh, I will say, and I don't like to... Uh, I always am a little... Even though I'm a big fat homosexual, I I always 
I'm, I have struggled talking about the appearance of people, especially women, because, you know, Terry Farrell was harassed enough by Rick Berman about her, like, yep. physical appearance, even if it's in a positive, which is what I have to say. But good Lord, is Terry Farrell a beautiful woman. Like, and that bathing suit, they must have made that for her. Like, that, well, obviously they made it for her. But that, she looked amazing throughout this whole episode, I gotta say. She did. Um, I think, yes, they, like, the style of the... Well, no, the style of the episode, you can tell they paid a lot of attention to the female cast, which is great. Right. But like, well, and, and then you look at Bashir and he's in his pajamas. <laughs> uh, you know, I just think it's funny because, and then Alexander Sadiq, who is a very attractive person as well, is just basically stuck in a vest and his jammies. Uh, and I just thought like, the whole point going all what the way back to- What did you want to him in? Like an iridescent thong? Like, what did you want him in? I wanted him in the bathing suit that Worf holds up in his quarters. Thank you very much. But not just that. This is going back to Iris Stephen Bear's uh, initial creation of Risa. So we're going back to Captain's Holiday, TNG here. That Risa was supposed to be, and again, I know there's issues with the censors, but let's put that aside for a second. Risa is supposed to be no-holds-barred, everyone pleasure planet, but both... Actually, Captain Holiday is less guilty of this than Let He Was Without Sin is. Let He Was Without Sin is, it is a planet of female pleasure workers. That's how it feels in this episode. Like Quark walking along with his two horgons and, and everything. And I was... <laughs> the way you said that and the way you put the emphasis, I was like... What is Sean saying? The way Quark's walking around with those two whore guns. Guns. Like, oh boy. Whoa yeah. boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, but but this episode it really, really tends to hammer home that, you know, females are the one with sexuality and sensuality. Right. Which of course there's it's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's the fact that it's like, I thought Ryza was everyone. And that was the point. And if it was, perhaps that would go toward not that i would ever have sided with fullerton in this but like if everyone around them is you know just this no holds barred hedonistic lifestyle but as it stands it does look a bit like well if the men folk will join us in a in a way do, right. do you see yeah, where it's a, where it's a planet of, of female sex workers yes for men God. to it, it, alleviate it, it, the stress of starfleet officer yeah. life for the male officers. Let's all go to Risa. Let's all go to Risa. Let's all go to Risa and get ourselves some sluts. <clears throat> and give the girls the clap. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Riker is, is not in this episode. Riker is not in this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, that's because he's already worked his way through Risa. We saw him back in TNG. Right. Um, Oh yeah, we did see we did see Rice at the top of the game, didn't we? That's where he we was. We did indeed. Yeah. Okay. With a believe a Katarian. Yes. And also, last before we head to break, I don't remember from Captain's Holiday. Do the Rice and people just have a little um, poker chip on their? Is that is that the whole thing? Um, little, I think little that sticker. design has evolved a little bit because in the most recent season of Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. Tarka was Rizian as well. And they've done away with the sort. They've left the design, but they've done away with, say, the circle that um, Vanessa Williams uh, has in this. Right. Was there anything else to them? I thought she was just a human with a sticker. Um. No. No. Human with a sticker is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to give you an opportunity to go get some stickers of your own, and then uh, you can join us for our judge of this. <laughs> Hi, gay. Do you like Star Trek? Do you like gay? Well, then you might want to join the Star Trek Zhuzh Orations fan community over at patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh. Z-H-U-Z-H. Why would you want to do that? Well, one, you think that Sean and or I are pretty, and you would like to lift us out of abject poverty. Or because you really like this podcast and you want to help support it and keep it afloat by allowing us to afford the administrative expenses of doing it. Or you just want some exclusive content. So what's exclusive content on the Star Trek Jujurations Patreon? That is your ability to get the episode before anyone else, 
You can also see the video recording of us doing the episode where we wear our Starfleet uniforms, me, my single Next Generation Command uniform, and Sean rotating through his collection of probably about 359 different uniforms, which is currently the number of uniforms on screen between Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and Star Trek Picard, because apparently uniforms are custom to your design now. You can also have direct interaction with us with Ask Me Anythings That Will Hold, a weekly live event where we will be watching the episode that we are going to review, and even your ability to participate by helping us choose the next episodes on the podcast. So if you like gay, and you like Star Trek, and you like supporting independent creators and writers who are trying to do their thing, head on over to patreon.com slash startrekzhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, and find a membership tier that works for you. In fact, I'm going to throw in a sweetener. If you sign up for our biggest tier, the most exclusive tier, which is our commander tier, for three months, I will give you a fourth month for free if and only if you direct message me on Patreon and tell me what this is. Do, 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 See you on the Patreon. Okay, so here's what I want to do. You have often commented that my zhuzhs tend to have a typical um, typical theme, which is that to ground the episode in the lore of the show that the episode is from. Uh, and I just find them really, really uh, anti-female, all of your zhuzhs. Sorry, no, no, that, that was not meant to be recorded. Sorry, right. go ahead. Yep, yep, right. yep. Yes, of course. And, and your... Zhuzh, I imagine, um, starts with uh, the Battle of Wolf 359, where there's a temporal rift that uh, Archer's NX-01, despite the fact the show hasn't been conceived yet, flies through, creating Mm -hmm. a parallel universe to the Kelvin universe. Uh, and then we get somehow um, uh, Chris Pine shows up as Kirk from yet another franchise that doesn't exist at the time of the episode. Well, well actually, you've almost got it. It's just the, the black hole that's created that destroys Vulcan actually links to this universe by destroying Ryza as well. And that becomes a wormhole between the two universes. Right. So can't wait yeah. to hear the rest of that. Uh, I am going to um, stick to my guns and ground <laughs> this episode. So, you know, we used to, uh, in, in early episodes, we would sort of do a beat by beat thing. I, I don't know, editing it, it, it felt like a lot. So I'm just going to give you, I'm going to give you the pitch and the general structure and themes of what I would do to this episode. I'm not going to go act by act. So I want to start, so first off, there are certain episodes that even if they're not sequels, I consider them like if I were doing a rewatch of of either from a particular series or a cross series, there are some episodes that to me just like have connective tissue and I'll like watch, you know, all of the Klingon episodes of Next Gen or all of the Romulan yeah. thing, you know. And so I want to put this episode as another piece of the... Sins of the Father, Reunion, Redemption 1 and 2, sort of K-less here. Wow, okay. So I want to judge it to put it there. It will still be a relatively low-stakes episode. More stakes than currently exist. It will definitely be slightly lighter, but fits in that pantheon. So if you're going to go back and watch that storyline across Next Gen and Deep Space Nine, this would be an episode in that series. Because Sword of Kalos was the previous season, I believe, to this? Uh, that's yes. season four. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's season four, yeah. Right. So, okay. So instead of, la la la, we all go into Risa, ain't gonna be great, it opens with a very distraught Jadzia walking into Cisco's office. He's not, he hasn't really noticed yet that she's, that she's, she's keeping it in, but you can tell she's like holding something in. And I don't know, Cisco's just being light and casual with her, and she interrupts him and requests leave. And he's curious and is like, um, you know, Bashir is going to be on leave. Like, I can't have two of my senior officers away at the same time. You know, he's going to race up with Lita, makes him sort of funny. Like, he's, he's treating this all light because he doesn't know that there's stakes to this. He's like, oh, you know, Bashir's going to do that. You know, you can go next week um, or the next, you know, the next shift or whatever Star Trek speak is for shift 
schedules or whatever. Mm. And she says, Ben, I need the time off. And that's when he knows that it's serious and he asks her what happened and she says that her and Worf have broken up. And she just needs some time. And he, as a good friend, is just like, granted. She nods. He doesn't probe. He doesn't ask. She just nods and walks out of the room. And that's the teaser. Okay? So we know that they've broken up. So now, the the way I want the story to go is you've got Jadzia tagging along with Bashir and Lita to go to Risa. And okay. everyone else trying to find figure out what happened. Because no one's talking. They just know they've broken up. And so you can get that sort of, um, like, the lightness of... Um, Cisco, you know, Cisco, like, well, I'll talk to Worf and, like, you should ask so-and-so. Like, they're all just being, like, nosy neighbors. This is a nosy neighbor episode for okay. On the Station, which will eventually start to have weight to it. So Worf is on a fucking tirade. He's He is not to be spoken to. He is short with everyone. He is more Worfier than Worf. And honestly, I think the Deep Space Nine Worf is very different than the TNG Worf. They really made, like... He was much more fun on TNG. Uh, he was mm-hmm. no fun on Deep Space Nine. Um, so he is, and this is just, he is extra pissed. So, you know, you get conversations between, like, Cisco and O'Brien. Like, um, um, I, I what I want to come up with is this this conversation of, like, well, you know, it was never going to work. It's Worf and Dax. Like, they're, they're, Worf's a huge stick in the mud. It was never going to work with Dax because she's such a, a free spirit, blah, blah, blah. They come up with the, they come up with, they think it had something to do with uh, Captain Baudet because wasn't he on the station a couple weeks ago? I thought I saw them have dinner. You know, it's like trying to put the pieces together. And um, I think Cisco will say something like, you know, well, you know, you know, they're very different. I'm sure um, Worf is used to more of like a traditional Klingon woman. And O'Brien is like, actually, no. And he brings up Kalar because he was on the Enterprise at the time. So we'll assume he had some working knowledge of Kalar and yeah. and say that actually, as far as I know, you know, his son's mother was as anti-Klingon as you got. You know, and and talk just re- references her, talks to her about a little bit. So it's like, so it's Miles being like, actually, I kind of understand why he likes Dax because she is kind of like Kalar in a way, right? Um, they have the same kind of, um, I don't know, they say they have the same kind of vibe. So they're trying to put it together, but that's an important piece that comes up. Okay, mm-hmm. pin in that on Risa. You for the, the 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 trip over. I keep the Julian and Lita stuff. That'll be just a fun side thing that that Dax herself walks in on and then finds out later, right? That that they're breaking up, but thinks that like something's going on. And we do find out that the reason that they broke up is that she Bode was on the station. She knew Worf would be. She wanted to like meet him and hang out with him. She wasn't. She was not. She wasn't cheating on Worf, but she like he's a friend now, and she wanted. But she knew Worf wouldn't be happy with it, so she did it anyway and didn't tell him. So it makes Dax a little more like she didn't do anything wrong, wrong, but it makes Worf a little more understandable of why he was upset. Give give Dax a little bit of fault here. She intentionally kept it from him because she wanted to do it, but she didn't want him to get mad. And it blew up in her face. Okay. So in there, she's she's not, she's she's still of the opinion of like, he can't control me. He can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But when she sees the Bashir stuff and then realizes that she jumped to conclusions, that sort of sets in her like, ah, shit, I probably, I should have told Worf because he probably thought, he thought exactly as I thought when I saw Bashir. Like that gives her a, I kind of fucked this up a little bit too. Like he overreacted, but I under, you know, I I didn't handle this the best way either. So that makes it a little more level. Um, anyway, so that's what's happening there. But the reason she's decided to go to Risa is she has this friend that Curzon knew, Venice Williams, who um, uh, has been begging her to come visit, begging her to come visit. So it's the perfect time. So that's why she's there. She meets up with her. She's very sorry to hear about her and Worf, but hey, if you're into Klingons, there is a really handsome Klingon here who's been vacationing for the last month. He's great. I really want you to meet him. 
And Jazia's like, I, I, this is fresh. I'm not, I'm just here to relax and get some sun and have fun and see you and hang out with my friends. Like, I'm not. She's like, I really think you should meet him. I really think you should meet him. It's something, it's a, it's a drum that beats throughout the episode. Like, you gotta meet him, you gotta meet him, you gotta meet him. So, and also bringing up, um, every time Jadzia says to anyone around her how she knows Vanessa Williams, like, uh, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're old friends. Vanessa Williams always makes a point to say, I was a friend of Curzon's. And that's important. Okay. That's important. Okay. So all of this is building up. So you got, so she's, you know, she's on Risa, you know, hijinks, moping, you know, that kind of stuff. We've got, now we're back on, we're back on Deep Space Nine. And finally, Miles puts together what he thinks the issue might be. Okay. So he goes to Worf's quarters, as we've seen in other episodes, I think probably later episodes, with some blood wine. Hey, let's chit-chat about the Enterprise. You know, I know your things suck. Let me, let's hang out. So I also want, when they're talking about Worf's relationships, I also want him to casually mention Counselor Troy, because they were together for a little bit at the end of Next Gen. And for, like, Miles to do a spit take, he'd be like, you dated Deanna? And it's like, it, it, was, br- it was brief. You know, and, like, have a little joke about that. I think that could be cute. But anyway. We do not discuss it. Right, right, right. It's it's fine. But um, um, so they're talking about it, you know, and, and Miles is slowly probing, uh, you know, he, he's sort of like, you know, well, you know, Dax is Dax. And, you know, I'm sure you know she didn't, you know, do anything with Baudet and she knew that she cares about you a lot. You know, because he he uncovers that that is that was the the central part of their argument, and he thinks Worf you know has overreacted, and you you know don't blow up you know, you know don't blow up something you know that was so great and blah blah blah, and basically Miles gets out of him because of his history with relationships, particularly Kalar, it has made him controlling or insecure because. Pretty much, and as will happen to this as well in the future, everyone he's ever loved has died. And he has a real thing of, like, like exercising control in order to, you know, make over, over relationships. And it's because of the insecurity brought by, you know, the horrible thing that happened to Kalar and things not working out. Like, so you get that that's, instead of that story from his youth, you get just how actually afraid he is of losing someone because of what happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. Call from Risa, Bashir, Dax is missing. On Risa, so they mobilize, they're on their way. On Risa, Arandis, Vanessa Williams, insists that she meets this Klingon. And it's Tural. Fresh off of being thwarted in Sword of Kalos. Tural, mm. the son of Doras. He is there for revenge. He is an associate of Arandis. And when Jadzia, Arandis has basically arranged this for Tural to... He, she's been trying to lure Dax to Risa for Tural to, to abduct her, basically. And when she says Arandis were friends, she says, I was a friend of Curzon's. Right. So that's mm-hmm. that's the and, point there. Yeah. So basically for revenge, Tural is going to you're setting up Duras to Kalar, Tural to Jadzia. That's what he wants he's going to murder Jadzia. Okay. Um, to give the finger to fucking Worf. So they get there, they, you know, the Defiant gets there, they find, you know, the warp signature of a bird of prey, they, you know, chase it, you know, all that stuff. Um, they find it, they easily incapacitate it, because, you know, the Duras always operate with old ships, and demand that, you know, they beam over decks, and Tural feigns a surrender, absolutely, we will beam her right over. So, so sorry for the inconvenience. And he goes to her holding cell, or wherever she is, and basically his plan is he's going to kill her and send her body back to Worf as a go fuck yourself. And Worf sitting on the bridge just has that feeling and he knows. And he walks off the bridge, goes down to the transporter room, similar to Reunion, 
takes his badge off, sits it on the thing, beams over, and interrupts him beating the shit out of Jadzia. And Jadzia obviously ends up being fine, and Worf handles it. And then they have a nice little talk in the coda about overreacting, about Kalar, and it's not mentioned, but you see that, like, he was able to rescue or or save Jadzia in a way he was not able to save Kalar. And that's sort of the touching thing. It's not said, but we who know the story get it. Um, Hmm. And they make amends. And... um, she apologizes for her side of it. He apologizes more for his greater side of it. And that's the episode. Okay. Okay. Um, nice that it was tied into the, the sort of the ongoing, because uh, in my head, the, when you started saying there's a Klingon, she needs to be, it was like, oh, this is going to be Kern. No, Kern's already gone. Sons of Moog was the previous season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was, yeah, that was good. Um, I love the fact that we were just like, you know, and the Defiant chases them and they do their thing. Because like, well, you, yeah, you, know, you, you know, you know, they go, they, they detect a warp signature, they follow it. I don't know. Maybe it's Menage mm-hmm. Troy and Jadzia has been, in, you know, smart and she puts something in the warp static they, or does mm-hmm. something to the, 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 to make their cloak Im- imperfect so that they can be traced. You know, it's, it's one of those, one of those Star Trek things that are, that's always done that we know and love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, like, it's 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 it, it happens all the time. Right. Yeah, fun. Poor Vanessa Williams. Poor Arandus. But but so I saw Vanessa Williams on stage on Broadway back in the early two thousands when she was the witch in the revival of Into the Woods, and she's a great villain. And so I wanted her to sort of have you know have her have be a bad guy because that's more fun for her. Okay, that would certainly anything will be better for her in this episode than what she was given. Right. All right. So Um, take us, take us, um, I'm really interested to see how the Borg show up. So take us through your judge. Grant. So we open up with the station exploding. (laughs) Uh, uh, No, I am going to, funny enough, there's, I think that this episode can work with some slight changes. Um, uh, all of those changes are going to take place on Riser. So I'm going to keep basically Act 1 the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with keeping the light stakes of the episode, to Bashir and Lita tagging along, even even Quark. Mm-hmm. Um, I would beg, steal and borrow to get some more tents. There's one scene where Fullerton is giving a speech to the assembled masses, and there's literally two tents on that beach. And it was just like, don't don't make that a wide shot, Renee. That looks anyway. Yeah. So try and make it look like there's more people there. But no, but tents are going to be the important thing because my my big judge is going to be with the group, these fundamentalists. I want to make them basically evangelical revivalists. I want to make them much more attractive and more seemingly fun. Right. Mm. So that when they arrive on Riza and you've got Jadzia, who's there for the hedonism of the planet, trying to figure out what, you know, what is the middle ground with Worf. And Worf is not about sitting by the pool. Worf is not about playing with clay. And he's also not about uh, massages or anything like that. In fact, we've seen Worf going back to redemption. And it took Kern to kind of say, you're off duty, cop on. He, he does throw himself into things around other Klingons. So while these fundamentalists, they're going to remain human, Bolian, whatever, the, the, the attraction that they're going to be in this revivalist setting is that it's, um, you know, th- th- think of those images you get of those super churches where people are singing and dancing and, you know, everyone is seemingly having a great time. Ooh, are people talking whilst- to snakes? Are people talking to snakes? There, it, it, well, snake oil salesman was in my head right. when I was thinking of Fullerton, yeah. So things like, you know, things like that, you know, kind of like, oh, you've seen Kalos in a vision, then, you, you know, we need you, that kind mm. of thing. So, you know, it's going to be as as simple as, you know, there's a big tent out there and it catches Worf's attention. I think we're going to do it pretty soon after um the you know their their conversation about let's go and get our bathing suits on let's go let's go for a swim so up to this point of the episode it's just like a 
We just need to figure out our comfort levels and see where they match. Suddenly, Worf is being offered, look, come in here, you know, you can be honourable. That's what the whole point of this is. And yet, you can have your blood wine, you know, you can go a little bit wilder. We're going to, you know, we'll toast the gods and everything. Now, as that's going on, you have Jadzia meeting with Arandus, who is, she's like, who, who are these people? And Arandus is a bit like, you know, not, we don't talk about them, but it's like, we welcome everyone here on Ryza, but they might be like, but sometimes I wish we didn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, Jadzia's obviously like, uh, my bow's in there, what are you talking about? I was just like, they are basically trying to take over, they're using this image of singing and dancing and good food and everything to bring more and more Rhysians into their... Uh, I don't want to call it a church because it's not going to cult. be about religion or belief, but it's definitely a cult, right. yes. And it's this cult of... It will be about going back to basics that you will see that in in, in everything, even in the style of clothing. Are they are they uh, offering will, uh, free personality tests and e-meters? They, 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 they are not, but you would be in, you wouldn't be in the wrong ballpark, right. put it that way. Right. Um, so, you know, we're, we're kind of cutting back. So obviously, Jadzia and Bashir decide to go and check out this revivalist tent. Um, and they go in and they see everyone is seemingly having a great time. And Bashir is able to identify straight away something's up. This is there's there's something there's something not quite right about this, um, and it will be as simple. It's not going to be a big massive twist reveal. It'll be as simple as you know you're kind of doing you know. Remember I said you can enjoy your blood wine, you know well, that blood wine's got a little a little extra blood in it if you know what I mean, um, and it's swinging more and more people over, mm-hmm. riling them up to the point of the sermon of da 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 da. And when we take over the planet, yeah, lots of cheering, lots of cheering. And then you've got Jazzy and Bashir at the back going like, well, we didn't drink the Kool-Aid, mm. so we know exactly what's going on here. So the big climax will be, yep, Worf giving them access to the weather's con- weather control. Um, a little bit more extreme. I think uh, might have been hampered by the budget at the time. You know, it just it was a bit of rain. Um, we'll, we'll try and do, we might get, I'll save in the budget, but we might get some stock footage of hurricanes and things like that, but, um, really doing damage to Ryza Mm -hmm. now, um, uh, to the point where Ryza sends out a distress call, but this is season five Deep Space Nine, which means there's still only three ships in the quadrant. (laughs) So, you know, you have, Worf has given them access to this and both Bashir and Jadzia are trying to appeal to Worf's, you know, better, kind of better nature this is when we get the stories of we need to be around people. Basically, we need to be around our own. It won't be a race thing, but it'll be a beliefs thing. Mm-hmm. We need to be around our own kind. Mm-hmm. We need to be around our own kind. Um, and it's going to lead to... He's going to go to leave. Jadzia is going to go to grab him. He pushes her. She pushes him. Da, 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 da. It's played a bit more for comedy than for seriousness. Right. Uh, Bashir has since left at this point because he it's not a three-way. Um, and she pulls the ninth muscle of the previous couple of weeks and it sort of wakes Worf up a little bit, uh, this adrenaline rush, um, as to what's going on. And they go and they confront Fullerton, who in this is a full-on revivalist pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all about like, you know, like I will, you know, I'll give you your place in heaven if you just walk through hell with me and, and things like that. My sincere apologies to um, the accent I just tried to pull off. That was And then it will delightful. sort of, you know, kind of more, yeah, yeah, more or less finish kind of in a similar vein. Um, Vanessa Williams' character will have slightly more to do in that she will be, you know, Starfleet, get off your hole and come and help us. Are we a Federation member or are we not? Um and things like that and she will be like congratulations Fullerton you're the first person that's ever been expelled from Ryza uh, and then you could nearly have from his point it's like well I'll be the the Adam to this Eden um, and it's just so it's not going to play it too heavy it's not right. going to be I still want to keep it as a low stakes episode but I think you have to make Fullerton and his people more attractive 
in terms of why would you bother following these people if they're just the most drab fundamentalists ever? Right. So throw a bit of revivalist, you know, praise the Lord stuff into it. Make, we need to see Worf having fun in there. Mm-hmm. Even if it's drug-induced, we need to see him enjoy himself. Otherwise, he just remains stick in the mud. Uh, the fact that he is having so much fun alerts Bashir and Jadzia to the fact that something is wrong. Right. And there's a payoff for what I think is the gag of, you know, she gives as good as she gets when it comes to herself and Worf in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, and that sort of wakes him up again. Um, and yeah, meanwhile, Lita is having the time of her life. Uh, Quark is off with his Horgons. Right. And uh, yeah, good time. So that would be, that's that's how I would, so that's that's the big thing I would change. Yeah. I think with that simple-ish change, this story, I think it doesn't become one of the classic DS9 episodes, no. but it goes to being a better overall story. But I agree. And I would love if it's also revealed, as is often in those cases, if Fullerton is a huge fucking hypocrite and there's all of this stories oh, yeah. and stuff of him boning rice of women and doing all the stuff he's like, because they're, they're always, you know. Like it would be, it would be it maybe even interesting if he has a history with Arandus, and that's why, you know. Mm, I like that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the the people who preach abstinence the loudest right. uh, are the ones who are, right. shall we say, most in need of it. <laughs> and 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 getting it, you know, it's it's why the the conservative politician is homophobic, and you know, it's because they are they are mad at themselves for having their own desires and executing them in secret um yeah yeah no i i like that a lot i definitely think it would be like us you have elevated it to like solid story of the week like could be in any could be any in any season has a nice message you know puts it puts it right there um Mm. And, and I, it also means Worf doesn't sacrifice his Starfleet career by right. handing technology over to an extremist group and then nothing happens. Right, because he's, he's you know, drugged in a way. So, like, mm. that, that, yes, no, that's good. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, and, of course, of course, we must give Vanessa Williams more to do. Exactly. Um, You're going to cast Vanessa Williams, give her a role. Right. So... We have successfully judged this episode. If um, you would like to let us know which judge you preferred, or if you have a judge of your own, make sure to hop on over to our Instagram at, at Star Trek Judge. That's Z H U Z H. And if you are a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh, you can actually help us pick these episodes. You can watch the episode along with Sean and I. Um, you get the video version of this uh, podcast, which, you know, if you're not on Patreon and you're not seeing this video, you are missing um, Sean's pallid COVID face and my bright red eye sty. So you're really missing out, especially on this one. Your eyes die. Oh no, my say. goodness! Yeah, yeah. I I look like Harry Kim uh, being eaten alive by eight four seven two, and um, oh, what's what's one where they're all, and you look like um um, like you're in the episode of Night Terrors. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, in fairness, I look like one of those corpses in the cargo bay. Great. So now that we've made our Patreon very attractive to you, uh, we hope Ooh, to see yeah. you over there. Um, all right, so now is the point where, where Sean returns the favor by inflicting an episode on me. Also, I want to note, we're, we're, this will be episode eight, our next episode. Episode 10 and the 10th episode of every Star Trek zhuzh, 10, 20, 30, will be a special Star Trek gusheration where we will, we will, we will help ourselves not uh, fall into the trap of hating Star Trek because all we're doing is watching uh, uh, less than stellar episodes and we will actually pick an episode that we really, really love and just gush all over it. Um, if you would like to participate in choosing which episode that is, of course, join our Patreon. But until then, let's pick something that sucks. Sean, what do you got? Jack, you like kids, right? No, very much not so. Oh, Right. Only of the co- well, only of the cocker spaniel variety. Um. Okay. So enjoy the seminal 
um, episode of the third season of Star Trek, the original series, and the children shall lead. I don't know anything about this episode. I don't think you're going to thank me. (laughs) And the children shall... I know, like, I literally, I'm like, like, so I didn't watch TOS other than, like, the, the three, like, you know, the pilot, um, City on the Edge of Forever, uh, maybe another Amok Time, like, the, 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 the... The big ones are the only ones I've seen and like, mm. you know, 20, 30 years ago. And okay. So now I have yeah. to, now I have to pull from my edition of Star Trek chronology, which I read and I knew stuff that happened in TOS because it appeared there. And I, I can't conjure up a picture. I can't, I got nothing. That is great. There are people who now will be familiar with the T- with TOS going, oh, Sean, you're mean. Right. Uh, so enjoy, yes, yeah. and the children shall lead. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see what you think of this one and see what you do to this one. Oh, is this is this one? Is this like TOS doing rascals? Like, do they all turn into kids? Nope. No. Nope. And I actually like that episode. It's not good, but it's fun. It's funny. Rascals. Um, hmm. All right. I got nothing because I have no idea what this episode is. Right. Yeah, right. So until cool. next time, um, uh, hopefully my my eye will be a human color, and uh, COVID will have had its way with. Uh, well, wait, no, that's horrible. That sounds like it's going to kill him. No, uh, Sean will have uh, fully defeated COVID, which is already in retreat as of this recording, and uh, from from our. I was trying to think of something about Risa, but screw it. From our ready rooms to yours. Live long and prosper, and see you next week. See you next week, you little whoregons. Whore be gone. There's something there. Wait. Star Trek Jujurations is not endorsed by CBS, Viacom, Paramount Pictures, or any of their subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Star Trek Jujurations theme song includes elements of the Star Trek The Next Generation main title and is done so under U.S. copyright for fair use for parody.